I'm sorry, I didn't hear you come in. No problem. No problem. I just um I just turned on. So uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's been I a while. To... It feels like forever. What's that? I'm sorry. I said it's been it feels like forever. Since we've I don't know uh, why. Since last since Monday. Last it just feels yeah, like I know. I was thinking that there's the tele telepathy again telepathy. To telepathy again. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how's yeah, your no. week been? Um, good. Um, I, I, see, let me ask you this. Okay. In retirement. Okay. In here's retirement. A chance, here's a chance for you to help the kid. Uh, in <laughs> retirement, do you even keep track of a weekend coming up? Weekends are annoying for me. <laughs> And this is what I found. Everybody else okay. is around. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and I mean, I really like what I do. And that's part of what I want to talk about today. But yeah, I really yeah. like what I do. And I don't get to do it quite as much on the weekend because, like you said, everybody else is around wanting attention or wanting me not to do what I really want to be doing. How about yeah. you? You have the same thing? Yeah, kind of. I, I like you just asked how my weekend was, and and you know I don't know because it was just <laughs> oh. two more days of the week. <laughs> okay, okay, I can relate to that. I really can. Yep, 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 yep. I get to sleep in just a little bit more because Ginger doesn't come um, at quarter of seven, so I get to sleep in a little bit more. But other than that. So this time next week, you'll be getting things together, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, we won't. We probably would not have left yet, but uh, no. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll leave sometime in the evening to drive drive to Orlando. Oh. And, yeah, because okay. it's it's not out of Tampa. Prices out of Tampa were stupid, and it's my fault because I I waited too long. Okay. But we have a direct flight out of Orlando uh, into Philadelphia and then um, leaving Sunday night. And I we have a connection for that one again because of prices. Um, okay. I, I forget. Uh, I forget where, like Cleveland or Cincinnati or something, um, which... Okay. Another reason why I got the direct flight was because of not having to worry about making a connection, trying to get somewhere for the vacation, for the, for the holiday. Yep. Um, little less worried about it getting back. Um, okay. But again, we'll be getting back at like two in the morning and then still have a two hour drive back to Tampa. Yeah. So. Um, lesson learned. And I'm around, um, yeah, obviously Thursday's out. And I think it's Saturday night. We have something on my mom's side to, to go well, Friday, to. There's a lot. Friday, you might want to, you might want to, I mean, maybe you have friends that you want to visit and so forth, but if not. Everybody um, moved away. <laughs> we're, we're trying to we talk did. about like a class reunion in 2025 for 30 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And. There's nobody in Boyertown. And the biggest critique from like 
uh chris shul who i told you about uh uh says hi um randy Sleshman was that for all of us that actually still have family there mm-hmm. we're not going to have time to go to a class reunion over thanksgiving or christmas mm-hmm. and that's what i think the 20 or 25 year phil had had tried to organize it thinking that everybody was going to be home mm-hmm. you know during those holidays which is probably correct but that doesn't mean we're going to have time to go to a class reunion yet too Right, We're going to have right, both right, sides, right. mom's side and dad's side and whatever of other family to, to, yeah. to visit and perhaps a spouse and whatever else. So and I, I agree with that. It's probably, you know, either make the special trip or don't. Yeah. 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 Time. <laughs> yeah. I think you talked about that in uh, an essay that you wrote. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting there. Um, uh, well, is, is that the, um, is that the, oh, I forget who I quoted this time. Is, was that the Steve Jobs? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I thought I, we talked um, about that. I thought we talked about that a little bit. Um, sure. At the, you know, for the first episode. Yeah. To debrief a little bit from the election. I mean, I haven't heard from anybody since last Tuesday. And I guess we all kind of uh, were in some sort of state of recovery from the intensity, you know, from the intensity of it. And you talked about it too. Um, Now, there were some discussions I had with friends over this week that, um, you know, said, oh, my God, I can't believe that the results turned out the way they did in Boyertown, because in neighboring districts, you know, they're up in arms about Moms for Liberty and threw them out. And there was even some national attention on MSNBC about one of the surrounding districts here in Pennsylvania um, that had their fill of you know, Moms for Liberty and changed up everything. So surrounding us, surrounding Boyertown, there was a lot of change, but not in Boyertown. They also, but they also got Moms for Liberty earlier. Yes, yes, yes. And I mean, I know from, you know, from living in Colorado that coming back to Boyertown is going back in time. You know, it's a little bit, a little bit delayed but I wanted to, oh, I wanted to say something. You called something. Now I've forgotten what I was going to say. Yeah, well. Um, yes, yeah, so um, other districts when you say, are a little bit. When you say I here. called something, do you mean like you I, call, Oh, I remember. You called it. I mean, when you pre- kind of predicted, at least in my mind, that <clears throat> Brad would you know, Brad would be successful in his campaign and he's the only one of the six who made it. Now he's a hometown boy. I mean, his dad taught, you know, people know the name and probably feel comfortable. Um, They probably did not know. And the others were probably not born and raised in Boyertown. I can't remember anymore. I should, but I don't. Um, Anyway, Pachoni was not, um, 
I don't think that uh, Hook was either. Yeah, I really don't think I, they may have been in, and I should remember this, but I don't. I, they may have been raised in surrounding districts, you know, Daniel Boone or Upper Kirk or something like that. But um, I think Brad was the only one that graduated from Bordertown. Yeah. And I think it makes a difference. It always has made a difference. <laughs> I think it allowed me to get a job back in Boyertown when I came back from Colorado because I was from here. They knew me. Yeah. So it matters. For good or for bad, it seems to matter. But let's talk a little bit about how that how you debriefed, shall we say, from the intensity, like you just said a few minutes ago, um, you spent a weekend researching Jessica Skelton. I mean, that yeah. was pretty high intensity, high intensity week getting ready for, you know, your interviews with the candidates and so forth. So I would guess that, you know, once it was all done and over that the energy from that had to dissipate somehow. And you took a walk with the dog. Right. Yeah, that was one of them. That, that that was one. I still have not been to the gym, and that's that's having negative effects. Um, you know, I'm seeing gravity take over. Uh, <laughs> the, the chest is becoming a stomach, and uh, you know things like that. Um, but yeah, I, I I wanted to get. I don't. I think my biggest lesson learned, if I'm going to help in any way, with my hometown is that uh, we, I, all of us got the mass distribution of information, internet radio, started way too late. Right. Um, my right. best night with Jurg's radio was the Friday night that I interviewed Jessica. Mm -hmm. That was immediately succeeded by the Monday that I gave that report on Jessica. Mm -hmm. And since then, Pennsylvania, I, I can see where listeners come from in real time uh, because it's, you know, with um, uh, an IP address and, and, you know, uh, it's, it's a connection. So I, I see that in real time as opposed to a radio station that does not see their, their terrestrial listeners. Since then, I've had nobody from Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. When during that series of interviews, I've had people in Philadelphia, as far west as Ephrata, and as far north as Allentown. Mm -hmm. And that tells me that some of the media connections I, I wrote to and forwarded the information to were listening, as well as um, other school districts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they weren't all from Boyertown, mm -hmm. as much as we would have liked them to be, or at least to have those numbers from Boyertown. They weren't all from Boyertown because the GPS on it's pretty accurate. Mm -hmm. And I, I well, just, I'm just I'm hopeful that about, they continue, you know, because with your offer to help, you know, get word out about the issues that are going on in the district, and hopefully they will take you up on that. And, you know, continue trying to publicize what's going on and get the word out 
you know, positive or negative, whatever it is. Yeah. I'm hopeful. But like I said, I haven't heard from anybody since last week. So we'll see what happens. I suspect. More to the point. More to the point. um, You had talked about going for a walk going for a dog walk and Steve jo- and coming back into the house and Steve Jobs poster hit you in the face and yeah. oh yeah inspired a piece of writing now Jobs poster remind me said exactly what uh I'll pull it up cuz it's pretty easy it's right here it's on my one desktop and it's you know part of this what I do is I have screensavers I have a bunch of inspirational photos like that um, that have quotes from, from famous people. And uh, I use them as desk, Microsoft, you know, rotates them through your desktop. And then also I've always used them as screensavers. Um, My favorite things in life don't cost any money. It's really clear that the most precious resource we all have is time. And of course he said that after he learned that he had cancer. Right. Right. And he is, I mean, perhaps you read his biography as I did. Um, and he, he had some, some really, uh, what do you say? I think he forgot that <laughs> from time to time during the course of his career. Yeah. He was certainly dedicated. He was certainly inspired. And I can remember, I, I mean, he, and maybe we'll talk about this in another session, but he changed so many people's lives. Oh yeah. With, you know, with what he did. Um, I know Macintosh computers, I mean, changed the life of Sue Beebeck, our gallery director. When she discovered that she, you know, discovered it and, and immediately, learned what it was all about and made a career out of that. I remember when Leslie Misko's husband told me that his son, Sean, bought the first iPhone, Sean's first iPhone. And Bob came in and said, I really need one of those. It's so cool. And he proceeded to tell me all the things uh, Sean had shared with him that the phone could do. And I can remember thinking to myself, who needs that, right? (laughs) That's really something. But then my son at some point decided that I should no longer use a flip phone. And so he went to the store with me and made sure that I got myself an iPhone. And I can remember thinking, this is more than I need. But God, I'm addicted. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. uh... I mean, it's. It's just so wonderful. And I have a friend, you know, who was belaboring the fact that they cost so much. You know, the iPhones cost so much. And I said, right. well, it's a phone. It's a camera. It's a GPS. It's a flashlight. <laughs> it yeah. does so many different things. I mean, it's the Internet. It's I mean, it's it's everything. So, you know, Steve, but Steve Jobs was not known to be the nicest human being in the world from my understanding and from my reading of his biography. And so, 
you know, he, 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 like you and me, but at a higher level, maybe, I don't know. I don't want to, I shouldn't, I shouldn't well, phrase it like that. But, I've got... I mean, he, he was, he was obsessed with his work. I mean, he was, he was definitely, it was all about that and nothing more and stepped on some folks who were important people to him along the way from what I understand and from what I've read. And so, yeah, you know, it's important for us perhaps to learn from him, even though it took him a while, maybe a little bit longer, hopefully than it takes us to realize that, you know, the time we have is the most precious thing we have. Yeah, and absolutely. In our lives. And the dogs in our lives, right? And the dogs, puppies. Yeah, I mean, he's he <laughs> might have been an right? asshole, and you know, he he might have been a, a bit of an asshole, and in all actuality, he was. And I think he kind of realized yeah. that. And um, while it's still fiction, there's truth to it, and that's that's the the movie starring Michael Fassbender, uh, called Steve Jobs. And at the end, after having denied his daughter, Lisa, his whole life, uh, they're they're having a conversation on a rooftop and a parking garage. And uh, she asks him, why did you say you're not my father? And kind of almost on the verge of crying, he replies back, I'm poorly made. Like everything is a product that's coming off an assembly line, but it was still a heartfelt response. And it was kind of a realization that right before he goes on stage, he he brings his daughter back downstairs and, and and the movie is in three acts and each one is a, is a, uh, a product launch and the final product launch. Um, he, uh, right before he goes on stage, he brings her backstage to watch from the side, which is something she's always wanted to do her whole life. And he pulls out of his pocket. He says, do you remember that drawing you met, you made on the first, uh, on the first Mac when you were a little girl? And she shakes her head. No. And he pulls out of his pocket, a paper copy of that drawing and says, I do. And he hands it to her. So while he's been an asshole, some part of him still realized there's this portion that's got to be a normal human being. And, you know, maybe some of these things, here we go. Maybe some of these things happen to him for a reason. And, um, he had other kids too. Uh, but I guess she was the most famous because of the most controversial, but yeah, he's, he's definitely, I've friends of mine have told me that I'm, uh, intimidating. And I'm like, why? Uh, I understand. Yeah. And <laughs> folks have so, said the same about me <laughs> yourself. And, and, yeah. I've said that about you. Uh, yes, you have I've said that about you actually. Um, <laughs> yes, so I you, get, you remember <laughs> that was the exact words I used. <laughs> uh, yes, you have. So I kind of get him. Um, and one of the mm-hmm. other quotes that he's got, I've got him pulled up on my desktop now. 
I mean, I'll run through them all real quick. Uh, show you just how much he's actually an inspirational person. It doesn't make sense to hire smart people and then tell them what to do. We hire smart people so they can tell us what to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Here's a favorite. This is actually on my phone. If you want to make everyone happy, don't be a leader. Sell ice cream. Yes. Yep. Yep. Well, the I remember only way to at do great one work. point, this is really... What? No, go ahead. Well, I remember at one point, um, my husband, who is uh, had his own business, you know, graphic design yeah. and advertising and now marketing. But I remember him uh, having a chat with a friend of his who was having issues with being a boss, okay? A leader, okay? Yeah. And they decided that they were going to go sell ice cream. They were going to go, you know, find a Dairy Queen franchise and sell Dairy Queen ice cream because they were so tired of all the uh, frustrating events and demands and criticisms and unhappiness that their employees brought to them. So, yeah, so yeah. I get that. I get that. But the other thing I wanted to talk about also was uh, our buddy Craig sent us an essay about yeah. work that, you know, that that kind of fit in with what you had kind of discovered or, or, or reflected on relative to Steve Jobs' quote. And Craig's essay, and I thought this was kind of interesting, he talks about the distinction between having a job, a career, and a calling. And, um, you know, he, in his essay, through whatever research or reading he has done, he found that uh, people with jobs, as opposed to a career and a calling, yeah. um, jobs that offer neither status or high pay, they seem satisfied with them. While other people who work at jobs are generally well-respected and pay quite well, are not. He goes on with yeah. his research to say those who work at a calling seem to be unaffected by low pay or low status because they hold a dif different set of values or because of the nature of the work itself or a belief in their own importance as someone who does something, <clears throat> pardon me, important. And he concludes this and, you know, maybe, maybe it's true for us. The more obviously one's work benefits other people, the less one is likely to be paid for it. And further in his essay, he goes on to talk about how we tend to identify with our job. And he talks about, um, Craig talks about um, going to a party and somebody wanted to know what he does. And to be contrary, kind of, Craig said, well, I like to listen to music. I write a lot. What they were after, of course, was his occupation. And so he played with them for a while to tell him other things about himself rather than what he does. Because the point being that so often we identify with our occupation rather than other, perhaps more important, more significant, more valuable parts of who we are and what we do. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I thought it was an interesting essay. And that particular yeah, essay, by the way, was this morning 
on the Boyertown area expression. So if anybody's interested in reading Craig's thoughts in his own words, check in to the Boyertown area expression. So anyway. Yeah, I, I saw that. Uh, I didn't get to read the whole your, thing yet. What was that? I, I saw I saw that he was uh, the entry today. Uh, I didn't get to yeah. read the whole thing, but um, uh, uh, yeah, and, well, and he's just... right. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I when I was at the Secret Service, one of the reasons why I retired was not because I was eligible. You know, if I would have been, and there's plenty of got most of the upper level bosses are past eligible for retirement but they're an assistant director or they're a special agent in charge or there's something way up in upper management that they're still mm-hmm. developing a resume for when they finally do retire or they don't want to leave the six-figure salary right away. Mm-hmm. For me, I I was a senior agent. I did a lot of cool shit in my career and I was managing COVID supplies. Why was I not teaching younger agents? Right. Why was I not doing some other actual leadership position? It's not because I'm a screw up. I'm not. I knew that. And so I'm like, you know, I'm going to go where I'm going to be appreciated. Yeah. Um, and then with, you know, callings and careers and what have you versus a job. Zach has a job at uh Dollar General, I think it is. It's like a basic, okay. you know, cheap grocery store. And for the first time in his life, he's getting money. And he likes that. And he's able to buy drinks at the skating rink for his buddies who don't have a job and stuff like that. And I love that about him. Uh-huh. But he doesn't seem to want to become a manager at the store to make more money or to have more responsibility or to do something better because he sees how it can be done better. He's just, as Craig said, satisfied. Mm -hmm. I have three podcasts, seven YouTube channels, and a radio show. And the radio station that the radio show and some of the other podcasts are on, including yours and other podcasters, I don't get paid a dime. Mm -hmm. I pay to do all that. (laughs) And tell me you like it. And I get up first thing in the morning, come into this room. I go to bed at one thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. I haven't been on my jet ski since April. Let me ask you something. Do you see, are you padding your resume through all this work? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> I didn't think so. So I'm would gonna, you consider? I'm going to die in this house. Would you, would you consider what you're doing a calling? something you feel called to do for the benefit of other people? I was when Pop-Pop Bush, my dad's stepfather, got a new stereo system in at 500 East Philadelphia Avenue, where his chiropractor's office was. Caddy Corner from Tallarico's. Okay. Um, that, that big mansion, I think it was Kenny Nice who used to own it before they did. And then it became, um, it was his, it was Dr. William Bush was his chiropractor's office that was on the first floor. And then uh, I'm brain farting on uh, the, the doctor that bought it when he retired. But that guy just retired. Anyway. But anyway. Um, but it's right on the main street in Boyertown. Anyway, 
um, when he got a new stereo system up in there, you know, second floor where they lived, he gave me his old one and I played disc jockey. Did you really? I didn't know what talk radio was then. And so I had nothing to hypothesize on anyway. I was playing Huey Lewis and Thriller and uh, uh, ZZ Top. And I was trying to not play them back to back, but that's pretty much all I had. I, I, I was like a top 40 station. I was playing the same songs over and over. And then when I got into college, did I not tell you this? Uh, no. This is all new. When I got into college, um, my speech class, my my public speaking class, uh, we had to do some sort of project. And my project was we started at Penn State Berks for the day. We started, um, I forget what the call letters were that we used, but we started a student radio station we couldn't get FCC licensing on short notice. So we didn't do that, but we broadcast through uh, PA systems through the student center. Okay. And I was like a Howard Stern wannabe. <laughs> and then when I got to university park for my, I was actually a five years. Mm -hmm. So year three, four and five, um, mm -hmm. I was actually, according to the daily collegian, the daily student newspaper, the Howard Stern of Penn State. And oh, I know I had a three day a week radio show at the student halls radio station. So you really have evolved from. Oh, yeah. Wow. No, I did not know. I did not know you had all those activities. So what you're doing now is just a natural evolution of what you enjoyed doing as a kid. That's so cool. Now, yep. are you still wanting to be Howard Stern? Uh, so we had this conversation. Um, I made some off-the-wall comment about politics, but it's not something that Anderson Cooper or even Dan Bongino would have said. It was kind of Howard Stern-like. And I forget, I might have been, it might have been Glenn Jackson from uh, the Misfits, but somebody called me the Howard Stern of politics, and I was like, it was actually right when you and I just started, mm -hmm. and oh no, it was my one former neighbor who moved away. Tim was visiting. And I told him about, you know, I'm, I'm paired up with one of my junior high English teachers and, you know, we started another podcast and he goes, is she black? <laughs> and I'm like, no, she's not Robin Quivers and I'm not <laughs> Howard. We are co-hosts. Now, tell me what, okay, tell me what that means to you. What, what, what does Howard Stern How's how is that defined? Just by what curse words or oh, God, sexual no. innuendo no, or nothing like that? He okay. Tell me what that means. For he 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 got paid back in two thousand six, almost twenty years ago, 
Back in 2006, he was paid half a billion dollars to leave terrestrial radio and go to Sirius XM. I remember it well, because one of the things that, and I blush to remember this now, and my former students will probably laugh, but I was not a Howard Stern fan. I couldn't picture you one, no. <laughs> not, not, I was not, not a I, No, I, I could not picture Mrs. Stahl as a Howard Stern go. fan. Jane, yes. Oh no! Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, we should. I think you would. I mean, look at how you sit and giggle at me swearing. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know. Uh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. It's a yeah. release. You don't have to punish it me is. anymore. No, I do not. I had to maintain some sort of moral standard, and I can remember. I can remember ranting about Howard Stern. I remember writing to Howard Stern and sharing what I had written with my students, scolding him for not upholding <laughs> what courtesy, morality. I mean, I had trouble back in the day when I was teaching my poor children. That's all I have to say. Um, I had trouble with Friends, the TV show Friends, because they were all sleeping with each other. And I decided that that, that was not appropriate, okay? That that was not what was good for Western civilization. It was the decline of Western civilization. So I was pretty stern. Yeah. Pun intended. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pun intended. But, I mean, I've learned a lot about him just from, I shouldn't say that, i listen to him talk on Stephen Colbert or on different talk shows and whatever. And I have a lot of respect for him. He was the king of all media, right? And that's what I, Isn't that's that what I used at Penn State. For? When the Daily yeah, Collegian called me a Howard media. Stern wannabe, I said, I'm the king of state college media. And that there pissed him even more. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So let me get back to my question then. So what is it that makes him and you the king of media? Uh, honesty. Um, one of the things he said when, and you, you alluded to it was, you know, um, you know, cl classy or, or I forget exactly what word you just used, but, um, about what he talks about on the radio, he says, I live in a world where priests rape young boys and drugs run free. Like the river gangs, the, the gangs river, wherever that is. Now you mm -hmm. tell me what I'm supposed to talk about on the radio. Wow. And he's right. You know, it, there's, there's, um, I just saw on Facebook a family portrait of, uh, Tsar Nicholas, the last Tsar of Russia, uh, okay. who was, who was assassinated by the Bolsheviks. Um, and it's, it's alluding to like what, what DeSantis wants to do down here in Florida and Moms for Liberty wants to do everywhere. And that is whitewash or change history. And the caption to the to this nice family portrait reads, history is what it is. Sometimes it offends you. Sometimes you celebrate it, but you can never change it. Mm -hmm. And that nice family picture was all wiped out in a basement. Or the family in that family picture were all wiped out in a basement. 
and that's history. Um, and what what he's done for media, the through his career of having been fired for having done something outrageous, got him hired at a better, bigger station. It's actually being taught in business schools as the Howard Stern principle. In government, so often somebody will be disciplined because of having done something bad. Six months later, they're promoted. And we have, and again, excuse my language, but we have a saying called fuck up, move up. Wow. And that's all, that's rampant in government. But he, he, that's a business, you know, uh, model that's being taught in business schools is, is his. Um, but also look how strong he had to be. And and I just talked about this, I think on, on my own radio show. Um, he, there was a time when no celebrity would touch him to come on his show, except for roughly four, five, I can think of, uh, one, as we talked about, Andrew Dice Clay. Okay. Um, we talked, you and I talked about uh, that on an episode. The late Sam Kinison was outrageous, both of whom are re- equally as outrageous as Howard. So you would see them going there. But another guy that didn't give a shit was Arnold Schwarzenegger, was one of his original uh, celebrity guests to come in the studio and talk with him. Then William Shatner. And then there was a guy they just kept busting on and making fun of until they realized he was a fan. And that was George Takei, Mr. Sulu. No kidding. The, the, his, his, Takei's ta- catchphrase is, oh my. And, and they were making fun of that. And yes. he says it all the yes. time. And yes. yes. And yes. somebody said, you know, we just got a letter. He, he's a fan of yours. And so they call him because that's the only way you could, you know, get somebody like that. They didn't have Skype and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They call him and uh, they've been buddies ever since. He's a friend of the show, as they call it. So what then are you doing to, mm, shall I say it? Good. What are you doing to fuck up to move up in your radio show? Um, not If you're using the Howard Stern principle. Uh, all of the political podcasters sit there in a suit and tie uh, with short hair. The only one that really doesn't is my arch enemy, uh, you know, Dan Bongino, from, formerly from Fox News, who also is in a tight muscle T-shirt. Uh, but he, as David Beckmeyer and you and I would talk about, is into the anger porn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't do the anger porn. You know, I do give you see yourself then? Do you see yourself then able, since that is the principle of success? Do you see then, uh, if you're not into anger porn, do you see yourself as able to be successful in modern culture? Not right away. I won't be an overnight success because nobody wants that now. No, they don't. 
But like we all agreed when we talked with David, they need it desperately. Gotcha. And that's not me because one, another thing I don't do is I don't tell you who to vote for. You know, right. I said during the series of uh, interviews that I'm not going to endorse any of you. It's not what I do. Mm -hmm. uh, I will tell people who scares me, you know, like Jessica, but mm -hmm. if you want to vote for her, knock yourself out. Mm -hmm. um, and I said that about any Moms for Liberty candidate or anybody that has to call themselves a patriot just on their social media page. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been in foreign countries doing things that, aren't for the radio. And I don't use that word to describe me. Um, and I know people who have, who tower over me in accomplishments like that and don't even think to call themselves a patriot. Okay. So, um, rambling, um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, how did we get here? So we were talking about being successful, and oh, I think yeah. you got to the point. I think I, th I think you got to the point. You answered my question about Howard, and you know what he's about, and and how he got to be there. And it's a, you know I see him as someone who used anger porn mm -hmm. to to become successful. But he did and it I think before it was cool. A, pardon me. He, he did it before it was cool. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, he was that's outrageous. It's okay for him. Yeah. yeah. Outrageous then. And I don't listen to him. Maybe you do, but you know, is it still the same tone? Is it still no. the same? No. And that's why, that's, that's why I actually just put him in that file of screensavers. Um, because okay. he is be, and I don't, I don't, I just have the picture and kind of sort of the SN thing of it, but, um, he is being criticized by a bunch of people. Um, H I J there he is. He's being criticized by a bunch of people for being too woke. Okay. And, and, and what I would criticize him for is the fact that now every celebrity wants to come on a show and he doesn't do bits with fart man, the superhero that he created who had, you know, magical farts <clears throat> or powered farts. Okay. Uh, he doesn't make <laughs> prank phone calls anymore. That's what I always loved about him. Uh, but so That's now he says about being woke. What's that? Sorry. That's what my students loved about him too. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, but and now he says about, you know, being accused okay. of being woke mm -hmm. that I support people who want to be transgender or I'm for the vaccine. Dude, call me woke as you fucking want. I'm not for stupidity. I am a woke motherfucker, and I love it. Okay. And, and so, yeah, he still has the language, obviously. But mm -hmm. um, he changed broadcasting. For better or worse... Yeah, he put a huge dent in broadcasting. And yeah, I mean, there's a clip that uh, I found on YouTube from his movie Private Parts, where after he got hired, and this was actually an issue that WNBC had, 
they they hired him just based on the numbers. He had these outrageous numbers when he was in DC, and they yeah. said, "Well, bring him here, yeah. bring him to the flagship yeah. radio." Yeah. And they had no idea what he did. Now they've hired him, they've got him in a long term contract, and they find out you know he's this potty mouth. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to fire him. They're trying to have him breach the contract, and he's not doing it. So they take all kinds of polls, like, what is it about this guy? Why should we embrace him? Should we? Wh- they're trying to figure it out. And they they get a poll. The guy that, that orchestrated it is saying it to the program director. He goes, the average radio listener listens for, I think it's like 18 minutes. The yeah. average Howard Stern fan listens for an hour and 18 minutes. Yep. He says, why do they listen so long? Answer most commonly given, I want to see what he'll say next. But but what about the people who hate Stern? Good question. The average Stern hater, two hours and 30 minutes. (laughs) But if they hate him, Paul Giamatti did this role so well. Uh, I don't know if you know who that is. Um, Yeah. It's his dad was the former president of the National League and commissioner of Major League Baseball. Uh, A. Okay. Bartlett Giamatti, the guy who suspended Pete Rose. Okay. Um, and he's been, uh, Paul Giamatti's been in the movie Sideways. Merlot, nobody drinks Merlot. Uh, that guy. <laughs> um, it, but, so he goes, he goes, but if they hate him, why do they listen? Answer most commonly given. I want to see what he'll say next. Well, that's Trump. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, that he learned from Howard. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's the same thing that my dad warned me about decades and decades ago when, um, the hippies were the thing and he saw the whole breakdown of civility as a result of that. It's, it's, you know, it's an organization. It's a, it's, it's, it's against the man. It's against standards. It's against organization. It's against, uh, it's against what authority It's an anti-authoritarian thing. So and that's, that's what, what you, we're in the middle of right now. That's what's and crazy about Trump is that he's all about authority. But he is all about being against the establishment, against yeah. the authority. He he is telling people to, you know, he blows he blows smoke in everybody's faces. Yeah. And calls them fools, which is um, you know, not what you're supposed to do. So, uh, but yeah, but he is the fascist. He is the authoritarian and people don't see it coming just like they didn't just, you know, they just don't see it coming. David made a great point. David made a great point. Which is the, the, I, I said to, to somebody that the people who are left still following Donald Trump are the people who are just flat out not too bright. 
And those are the people we as a government need to be helping in the first place. Right. David said, that's not it. There's some very smart people who are still behind Donald Trump. And because because they're that intelligent and they've legitimized his candidacy so well, because it's going to be nearly impossible to talk them out of it. Because he provides them with power. Yes. Fortune. Yes. It can't be fortune. He had one of the worst economies. If you actually look at real stats, not what he says on Fox News. It's the tax break for billionaires, right? But that's that's not the common man. Exactly. That's one more reason to vote against him. You're talking about the super smart people. Oh, yeah. 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 That's what we're talking about. No, he's not. No, he's not going to help the common man. No. But the common man will love him because of his style. People, my friend Bob Wood always says that people want to be Donald Trump. They want to be six quote unquote successful in business, have several wives, gilded toilets. I mean, that's what people see and that's what they think they want. And so he is in their minds heroic. Yeah. Anyway, here we are. Oh, <laughs> Probably I don't think you want to know. Am I right? Uh, we yeah. started recording right when you signed on. I changed that so we don't have to worry about, uh, and I can just edit okay, out good. stuff in the beginning. But we've been going on this one for a good 50 minutes. You're kidding. No. Wow. This is a we're fast bad. one. I, I, we're and, bad. And, and um, I looked <laughs> at it at one point. We were at like 40 minutes, and I'm like, well, it sounds like she's wrapping up. Okay. But then I got really yeah, okay. Yeah, it's all I was just I was just watching a video on YouTube last night about, you know, the common pet peeves of podcast listeners. Oh, oh, Uh, I can imagine. Yeah, we're not doing so good. (laughs) You're ready for us to be done and then we're not done. So I'm James. And I'm (laughs) yours. And this is both sides. We'll see you again. Mm -hmm.